You are now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the OG bad boys of Bigfoot, the Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive of Squatchology, the Chip and Dale of Bigfoot, and I'm not talking about the cartoon. Please welcome your hosts, the Bigfoot celebrity couple, Biff Clobo, better known as Cliff Berrickman and James Bobo Fay. Cliff. Bobo, how are you doing today? Good, man. How's it going with you? It's going okay, man. Uh, I got to say, there's there's been a whole lot of opportunity for patience today, but so far, so good. I'm not dead. And I haven't screamed out loud. So other than that, pretty good. Dude, my patience has been tested to the limits today. Anything unusual going on? Do you want to share? No, no one wants to hear me bitch about that. Oh, I don't know. A bunch of fans out there love to hear you bitch about stuff. <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be petty. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, things happen, just a, you know. Just a lot of waiting in line. Well, all right. The one that got me the most was I went into the bank just throwing like a couple bucks so some check wouldn't bounce. Uh huh. And I was I, I and there was me and this old lady at the little counter where you fill stuff out like your deposit and withdrawal slips and i filled it out and i was i know all the girls that work in there but there was only one working the the rest i guess were at lunch or something i don't know what they were doing there was a couple in the back and the girl i knew in the front the mortgage i said hey what's up she's like, what's going on bo i said i'll just throw a quick cash deposit in this the old lady that was there next to me we were both kind of were walking up at the same time she, she had a broken foot so i thought i'll just let her go ahead so i go oh go ahead man she goes oh thank you and just walks ahead of me there was only one teller and so we wait for this first person to take like 10 minutes at the counter. And then she goes up there. She's all, my husband had a stroke and he took care of all the financing. And she didn't know anything about the banking. And she sat there for 23 minutes asking questions and going over stupid stuff and like repeating the same questions over and over. And, and I was racing back here to get back here. So I was just like, ah, oh, just getting more and more steaming. <sighs> patience, right? Yeah, patience. You get better at it as you practice it. But man. I sure wish I didn't have so much practice. Yeah, it would have took me less than one minute to do what I had to do. She could have just said, oh, I got, you know, I'm going to be here for a little bit. So you may as well go ahead, you know, or something, you know, just something courteous back. I was just being polite. Yeah, you're earning your wings in heaven, Bobes. <laughs> or my pitchfork in hell. Oh, either one. You're, you're, you're <laughs> the prong for your pitchfork. <laughs> it's no longer a trident. It's a quadrant, if that's a word. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, I got... Uh, this guy got a hold of me uh, earlier in the year, uh, around, just after New Year's, I guess. And it, uh, he was from West Virginia, and he had a photo. Remember, I, I sent it to you a couple months back. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was an interesting photograph, um, and in, in fact, it made the news as well. Um, there, it was all over the newspapers for a while. Um, I, I know that uh, you can look it up if you want. Um, I know there's one on uh, ABC Four W O A Y, I guess dot um, com. Is in the the if you want to see more about it, you can look at the picture at a the name of the article. You can Google this: is a Fayette County man claims to photograph Bigfoot. So that that's uh, you can look up those words and um, you can see this for yourself. But he contacted you back in the day. What happened? He sent me the picture, and I was pretty impressed. I mean, it's not PG film, but I mean, and he just got a single still. He'll explain why that is because everyone goes, "Why wouldn't someone take a video?" You know, or whatever. Why would they only take one picture if it's real? Which is the same questions I ask. Sure. So you know, it, it wasn't like something you just looked at. So it's absolutely positively hundred percent Bigfoot. But after speaking to him and his wife Sheena, I was like convinced they were legitimate and then he said uh he got a cast which he then mailed to you and you got to examine yep yep it's in my possession yeah absolutely 
And so he's our guest today on the podcast. So uh, everybody, you can listen to Billy Humphrey. Billy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you for reaching out to Bobo and getting this whole ball rolling in the first place. Yeah, for real. Me and my wife sat on that picture, I'd say a little over five months before we decided to actually come out with it. Only being because I never believed in him, for one. And I always ridiculed and criticized pitchers. And anytime the Bigfoot topic come up, I gave the same response to everybody else. I kind of laughed, you know. That all changed on October 21st, 2019. <laughs> You're what? You were one of those guys, huh? We know the type. <laughs> <laughs> well, we forgive you and uh, welcome to the right side of the argument. Uh, why don't you uh, fill us in on uh, how, like, how all this came about? Like, what were you doing out there? And, you know, give us the deal. We actually, I think we tricked him because um, during the, around this time of year, up until deer season, I go up and I start throwing out 50 pound bags of apple corn. Um, I put peanut butter, fruits, vegetables, anything that we have around here that, you know, we're throwing away, I take up on the hill for them. And, um, this stuff would normally last, you know, four or five days. Well, during this time, you know, that week that we got the picture, this stuff was disappearing overnight. And I know from previously sitting in that ground blind that I had raccoons and stuff like that up there. So I'm like, even raccoons couldn't eat that much. So me and her assumed that a bear had moved in. So what I did, um, two days before I got the picture, um, I went up and set a mining light on a pole, probably eight and a half, nine foot off the ground, probably about 10 foot behind my blind and turned it on facing toward the food. And I went and got in the blind about an hour before dark and was going to try with a crossbow to knock off some of the raccoons to slow down the food from disappearing. Um, that night she was at work and it was just something wasn't right in the woods. It just was an eerie feeling. So I sent her a text and told her, I said, either there, there's something not right up here. And I said, I think another bear has moved in or there's an alpha something up here because nothing's moving. At the time the raccoons were supposed to be there, they wasn't out. I would say about an hour and a half after dark, I heard something coming and it was big. And it didn't come up the game trail like the deer and all the other animals usually do. This thing walked basically probably about 30 yards around my blind and then comes straight toward my blind. And when he got behind my blind, I think he realized that I was there. And at this point, I'm still thinking it's a, it's a bear. I'm not thinking anything else. And it stopped. And I don't know exactly how long I'm going to estimate probably 45 minutes to an hour. It never made a sound. And we're on dry leaves, branches. I mean, you could hear anything. In my mind, I'm thinking, because I know a deer can sneak off, but I, I couldn't fathom how something that big and heavy that I heard come could walk off and not be heard. So all I did was adjust in, in the bench that was in my ground blind, and it kind of creaked a little bit, and it started moving again. And when it did, I watched the silhouette of it block that light out. I watched it walk over the food as it blocked out that light as it walked by. And I sent my wife a text and I said, I don't know what it is, but I just had one of the biggest animals probably I've ever been around just block that light out. And I'm still thinking a bear because where I had peanut butter out, a bear can stand and walk on two legs. So that in my mind, I'm still thinking a bear nowhere 
ever was I thinking what I was going to catch two days later. So on the day I got the picture, we always throw our food out and we are off the hill by 4.30. I want to sit the die down by evening time so the deer come in. There's no human sin or nothing. And that's it's a religious thing. We do it religiously. By 4.30, we're off the hill. Well, that day, um, we was going up to stock the blind. We do it once a week, put our bags of apple corn. That way we ain't got to carry it each time. And me and her, me and my wife, Sheena, we're up there, and I said, you know what? Let's just sit here. We don't have nothing else to do. Let's just sit here till dark and see if maybe another bear or something moved in so we can see what it is. We got in the blind. Um, she said it wasn't 20 minutes. We was in there, and I'm still adjusting the stuff in the blind. And she reached over and grabbed my arm, and she said, oh, my God, there he is. And I said, who? And at this time, I'm still not looking up. I'm still bent over adjusting all my stuff. And she said, Bigfoot. And I was like, shut up. There ain't no, there ain't no Bigfoot. And she said, I swear to God, hun, look. And when I raised up, I was looking eye to eye with something I did not believe in. And he was massive. I mean, this thing was unbelievable. The only way I can explain it is like a giant silverback gorilla. That's the best way I can explain it. The big cone head. Um, I didn't see the protruding eyebrow like they say on most of them. The one I seen looked more flat, but it had a lot more hair in the face. And I don't know if it was if they grow more hair during the winter. I don't know. But the most distinctive thing that I seen on him was the blonde under his eyes. And I, I've searched uh, all the YouTube videos. I've searched pictures of Bigfoot, and I've never seen one like I seen that day because all the other ones have basically the same features. The one we seen had blonde, blonde hair under its eyes. Well, this thing, I grabbed my cell phone and like everybody else said, I, why didn't I record it at that point there? I'm lucky to even get a picture of it because in the picture, when I snapped it, I kind of took a hip shot and I think he's seen me move and that's why he turned to walk off. So in the actual picture that I took, you can see his forearm to the side. He has already raised his arm to turn and walk off. And I snapped that picture and caught him in the left corner of it. But he walked, I guess the way he came, we think he was already up there waiting on us because we took the picture at 429. And like I said, we're off the hill by 430. So we think he was up there waiting on us to leave. But when he walked back into the neighbor's property and got down into the laurel thicket where you, I mean, it's it's so thick you could stand 10 feet from each other and probably not see each other. I mean, it's that thick. But when he got down in there, it was like a paranormal kind of feeling like, and she could even vouch for it. Can't you, Sheena? Yes. It was almost like every hair on our body stood up and this thing went back at us. But it was a, if, if you've ever been to a circus and felt just when a line roars, how you can feel the, the bass in his voice that you could feel it. And this thing had to be 75 to hundred yards from us by this point. And when he made that call, you could physically feel it. It's it's hard to explain it. If I just wish people could go in my head and see what I seen for those 15, 20 seconds. See, I'm personally thankful no one can go in my head and see what I see. You know what? That's probably a good thing, too, for me. But. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you hear him. <laughs> but, but we heard it. We heard that same thing again. And that, the reason we didn't want to come out, like we sat on that picture for five months. We didn't come right out with it. We sat on it a long time. And um, the reason why we didn't want to come out with it is I explained to him that 
I've heard this before, which is crazy. The the sound that it made, I've heard before behind the house deer hunting. So he's been around for a while. Well, on March 28th of this year, about 10 o'clock, me and her were standing outside and we heard it. He does it in threes. He does like five seconds of those hoots or whatever it is. And he, he there's a pause in between them. And then he does it again. Well, because I put this story out and I talked about it, on March 28th, he did it. And Sheena ran in the house to try to get something, my GoPro, anything that we could to record it, because I wanted to send it to you all and let you hear it. Well, when he did the third call, my neighbors, you just heard gunshots. Pow, pow, pow. They were shooting in the woods. So they must have been outside. They know the story. And they started shooting in the woods. Yeah, I remember talking to you and that was all going down. That was disappointing. Yeah, that's why we didn't want to come out the story. So this is how this is how serious we are about what we've seen. Uh, my wife has seen him on this property before. How old was you, Sheena, the first time you seen it? Come here, you can tell the story. I want her to tell the story if y'all want to hear it. This because she she seen it when she was young. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, how's everyone? Hey, Sheena. Hi. Well, I was uh, probably seventeen. I had actually done laundry and I had walked out the back door and it was getting dusk pretty close to dark and I was hanging stuff up. And at the end of my clothesline, I seen something just kind of leaning on the clothesline. And I was thinking in the back of my head, I didn't wash coveralls. It's like, cause it was quite warm outside. I was like, I don't think I washed coveralls today. And I kind of turned and looked back toward the house, just kind of thinking to myself, well, did I, or didn't I? And then it took off and it jumped the fence between me and the neighbor. And at that time, it was complete wooded between our homes. So I couldn't see it for very far. But it I, that's the second time that I had seen it here. Well, well let, let me ask you something before we go too much further, if you don't mind. When you say it jumped the fence, um, how tall was the fence and what did it do to get over the fence? Did it use its hands at all or like what? No, it was just kind of watching like a running match. I mean, it just kind of leaped over and it was, might've been four feet high, like a hurdle. Oh, like a hurdling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes interesting. I like small details like that, but I'm kind of nerdy about it. So pardon me. (laughs) Nothing nerdy about that. That's great details. Says another nerd. Whoa. (laughs) That was the first or second time that, which one? That was the second time that I had seen it. My very first, I was 15, and I I seen it at a park, Babcock State Park. It was really close to where I live now. Did it seem like the same one almost? Like, did you notice the blonde under the eyes or anything? No, I didn't, because I was actually in a riding in a car, and it was kind of a quick pass on it into a curve, and and I was so adamant that I had seen something, the person who was driving me, I, I screamed until they stopped and turned around, and by the time we got back, it was already gone. And the spot where she's seen it is actually where the main power lines go through the mountains. So it was in the middle of the power lines. Interesting. Sheena, when you first saw this one um, that we're ta- that we were initially speaking about, what was going through your mind? Describe what you saw, because it seems that you saw it for a little bit longer. I was just in awe. I was like, I, I cannot believe that he's going to be able to see it. That was what's going through my mind. Was he heckling you before because you had seen Sasquatches previously, like thinking that you were full of it or uh, was he just nice to you and like, Oh no, he was not nice about it. He, he was, (laughs) (laughs) 
he was like, you are absolutely crazy. You are out of your mind. And I was like, I will prove it to you eventually. I love it when some jackass gets straightened out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cliff, you need to listen to this story. She was leading a crew. And this this is a true story. And I, I truly believe this one because two guys that we had hired to do construction on our with our business. Um, one was a black gentleman. He was probably what six seven, mm-hmm. six eight, and I'm gonna let her tell the story. She was leading a crew driving them, and it's not far from our house. Um, and she can explain what happened on this. All right, lay it on me, Sheena. I tried to explain this one to Bobo, but we could never get the exact road right because in here around this area, you don't get much GPS service. Um, we were actually traveling from the Babcock State area toward Beckley, going the the old way through Staniford. And um, we had come past the Bowyer Mine Supply building, and we were going down a little hill where the bridge had washed out previously. And you come through about three curves, and then on the left side of the road, there's a guardrail and several power lines and a few little brush. And we were all driving. I was actually following the guys behind them in a, in a little car. And right before we got to it, this thing just jumped up directly beside of where we were passing. I, and there was two motorcycles. I'm sorry. There was two motorcycles in front of us. And I guess it scared it because as they went by, it jumped up and we were right behind them. The gentleman in front of me, I mean, just slams on his brakes. And I mean, just about jackknifed my trailer and everything. And he pulls off and he he's looking at me like, did you see what that was? He said, that was Bigfoot. He said, that is the he's that's just the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And And then by the time I got him home, about 20 minutes later, he said, I quit. And I had to find somebody to drive the vehicle and the trailer back because he refused to come back this direction. <laughs> the quitting's not going to do anything. He's got to move if he wants to like get out of it, man. Well, he was he lived right in in the middle of the city, so I guess he wasn't prepared for anything to come that far into where he would be. And I'm a little confused now because uh, we've jumped around a little bit about in time. When did this happen? So I can be clear about that. I would say four years ago, and probably between because we started early i'd say about eight o'clock in the morning okay okay cool yeah because when i heard the story when they told me the story i thought sheena and them were joking but when i talked to the guy that was working for us he was terrified and he's a big guy i mean this guy was six seven i mean probably 260 70 pounds and it terrified him i mean he literally he would not come back this way to work he quit on me so whatever he's seen, I mean, he's never seen before, obviously, but he did. He told he told me, he said, I seen Bigfoot. I know it was Bigfoot. So, so you got like, almost like the Ray Wallace situation when in 1958, when they found the first Bigfoot tracks up in Bluff Creek, his worker started, his worker started quitting on him. So he made the fake footprint cast and tried to make it all a joke. Yeah. You know, I heard that. You guys should have done that. No, no, don't listen to Bobo. That's bad advice. You should not have done that. Well, this guy was absolutely terrified. It terrified him. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. 
right. So let's, let's get back to the initial story this past fall. Okay. Both of y'all saw it and, and, and it basically turned and walked away and bellowed at you, it bellowed at you. You could feel the vibrations and stuff. Carry on from there because there's so much more to the story. It took me a while to go back up there, to be honest with you. And, um, a gentleman, Les O'Dell, I was kind con- Dave, Dave Seabray that has West Virginia Explorer magazine hooked me up with Les O'Dell, which he's a big time. That's all he does is research Bigfoot here local. He's actually met you guys. I've seen pictures with you guys. I think when you come to the gorge, he was with you. He came back. And when I finally had the nerve to go up there, my ground blind was crushed. The chair in it is crushed and I never touched it. So if you guys come, it, everything's the same. And I even preserved the, the print. I've got it covered up. So where the food is in the original picture is where the cast was made. And I'm guessing the, the woman that came with less um, deals with tracking and stuff like that. But they're saying because where the food was, where the deer constantly dig made the ground soft and it's only in one spot. And he has had to step in that after the fact that we've seen him, which means he's been back. That's not just the one time that I seen him and he was gone. He had to be back to make that print. Sounds like it. And it does make sense. I mean, bears, for example, uh, I was told at least uh, the bears remember every single place they've ever gotten food and they keep checking those spots where in their neighborhood. It seems it would be the same for Sasquatches, of course. Right. And I've noticed ever since I've seen it, I mean, it's complete, it completely flipped my life upside down. I mean, there's not a day goes by that I don't show people pictures. Um, and you know, for every 10 people that don't believe it, I've made one a believer. I was at a store and, um, there was a bunch of guys standing around and, um, one of the black guys, when I showed him the picture, he lives in a kind of a rough neighborhood here in in town in Beckley. And he flipped out as soon as he seen the picture, he jumped like a little kid and he turned around and looked at the other guys. He said, that's exactly what when I went to tra- throw the trash out, he's in an apartment complex. He said I went to throw trash out in the dumpster, and it stood up. It was in the dumpster and ran back in the woods behind the apartments. He said that's exactly what I seen, guys. He said I told you I wasn't crazy. Inside the dumpster? Yeah, it was eating out of the dumpster. Nice, nice. I've heard a couple other stories like that, I believe. And that was just random. And then um, there was another lady that lives in Cool Ridge that was like me, did not believe in him. And she said that she came home one night. Her husband kept telling her that he's here. I've seen him. I've seen him. And she was like me, thought thought he was crazy. And one night she said she was coming home. And when they get to the end of their driveway, they have to turn in to go into the carport. And he was sitting in a lounge chair by a fire. And it was dark. And she said as her headlights hit him, it stood up behind him and ran back in the woods from where he was laying. So this thing was literally right behind him while he was laying in that lounge chair. And this is all during the fall time. So I'm noticing, I think during the summer, they're not really seen as much from what I'm seeing. And I think, I, I honestly think they migrate in the winter because there's not no food, you know, like your, your fruits and vegetables are gone around here. Um, so I wonder if they kind of like scavenge around, like, because the, I took the picture on the 21st, the Patterson Gimlin film was what on the 19th of October. That's what I'm saying. I think in the falls when everybody sees them the most, especially around here, yeah, all of North America, it's like that uh, fall, like September through early November. That's the prime time for the whole con- the whole continent. That's what I've seen since I've been looking. Like I said, I, I probably drove Sheena crazy talking about them, but they're legit. They're real. I mean, there is nobody ever going to tell me what I did not see. They try to tell me. I mean, I 
I know they're real. I know 100% they're real. So do you still go up to the spot where you saw the thing? Yeah, I actually, I'll tell you what, I've, <laughs> I've got a big yellow sign when you first go in the woods that goes toward the blind that says caution, recent Bigfoot sighting. It's in yellow. It's got a Bigfoot. And uh, yeah, once in a while I do. I walk up there because it, it's, it's surreal. It's like it don't even seem real. That's, I mean, it's like I said, it's flipped my life upside down. Now, um, you, if, if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, the cast was made on February second, two thousand twenty. Um, so that was a number of months later after after October twenty first. There, uh, what, one, two, three, three or four, four months later. Um, it must be going through there rather occasionally, and pro- and I would venture a guess that it's because you were baiting that spot for other things for so long. Right, and you know what? I set up a trail cam. Um, Sheena went and bought me the best trail cam I could get. And I set it up and it took 149 pictures and they were all blank. There was nothing in them. The most recent, I sent her a picture. I went back up there and there is trees. Something has broke trees about a foot off the ground all the way around where our ground blind is. And the the actual um, trail cam was opened up and the batteries were on the ground. I didn't even notice it. I went by the, the trail cam. It was, I was more in amazement because... They were set up like teepees. The, the branches were broken in like kind of in X's. And there was a big branch drug across where the main trail is. It goes to my ground blind like it was trying to get blocked. And then when I stood there and I turned around, and looked at the, the actual camera, the camera is open and all my batteries are laying on the ground. That sounds like a squash. They, they, they definitely seem to know what cameras are because they will come up and make they'll come around audio recorders and not really mess with them too much. But the cameras just sets them off, which I don't understand. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got a I've got a seven second clip um, that I saved, and I'm, I'm gonna send it to you guys. It's in the middle of the woods. It's almost where the Bigfoot that I got the picture. It's an orb, and it is pulsating. And Sheena could tell you it was bright, wasn't it? Yes. It pulsates like it's breathing, and it's super bright, and it gets real little. And then in the next clip, it's gone. What color was it? Bright white. How big could you guess? Could you guess the size at all by the trees? I would say it would go as small as a baseball and get as big as a probably like a beach ball, wouldn't it? Yes. I'd say between a softball. I'd say just on average, I'd say it went from like a size of a softball, and then when it got real bright and big, it's about the size of a beach ball, and it never moved. It stayed in that one spot the whole time, and then in the next thirty second clip, it's gone. So um, you've become kind of the focal point for a lot of the Bigfoot stuff in your neck of the woods. It sounds like people are coming to you with stories and whatnot. Um, tell us, tell us another good story that has come from an area nearby you. Since then, uh, the guy that does my taxidermy for my deer when I kill him or bear or whatever, um, he's a believer. Every time I've ever seen him, he has a shirt I believe with the Bigfoot on it. He's never seen one, but he believes in him. Well. He has a friend, an older gentleman, and he's, he had told Jesse that he wanted to talk to me. So Jesse drove him all the way up here to the house, and this old man said, he sat down out here in my swing, and he said, I'm going to tell you a story that I told my wife, and she's the only one that knows this story. He said, about 45 years ago, I was deer hunting, and I was on an old uh, strip mine road. And he said, I was walking, he said, about 50 yards in front of me, I watched this thing jump off the side of the hill on to this, this old mining road. 
And he said, it didn't see me. It his back was to me. And he said, it looked like it had saplings in each hand. And as he was walking, he was dropping them. Like make it, he said, I don't know if he was marking the area or he was going to plant them. He said, I don't know what it was doing. He said, because I was still trying to figure out what it was. He said that it stopped and it looked back at him. And he said it swatted its face like there was a bug or a fly on him. And he said he swatted it away from his face and looked at him. And he said the most distinctive thing about it was he seen the blonde under its eyes. And at this point, he never heard my story as far as description. He said he it turned, never moved. And he said it was almost like it was thinking, did it see what it seen? And he said it turned and looked at him again. And when it did, it dropped the saplings out of its hands and turned and jumped off the bank. And he could hear it almost in a run, running away from him. He went home and he said for days, his wife was like, what is wrong, hon? What's what's wrong? And he said, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. He said, and I really don't know what I seen. And he told her the story. And me and him both agreed that it, after we seen it, it consumes us. That's all we He said, for the last 45 years, that's all I can think about is that Bigfoot that I seen. And it, we were both agreeing that it does. It consumes you because you, you, you're constantly, tr- I think it's your mind trying to figure out or make sense of what you've seen. He said for the last 45 years, that's all he's thought about every day. Well, a lot of indigenous cultures talk about if you see one, that there's a curse that goes with it. And I've often thought about that in my own life, contextually, you know, the, the whole Sasquatch bug bit me, you know, 25, 26, 27 years ago. And I've been drowning in the subject ever since. And in some ways, it has been a curse and other ways a blessing, of course. But I've often wondered, like, maybe that's what they were talking about in some ways, or, you know, just like it gets you and it won't let you go. I agree with that totally, because I mean, I was obsessed already, but when I saw one, it just kicked it into a whole other gear. But the most dedicated researchers I know are usually people that had no clue about it, ran into one, it blew their minds, and they just can't get it out of their mind, and they just, you're obsessed with it, getting some answers. Well, I ever since I seen mine, I told Sheena, I said, it, it's a curse, and I'll tell you why. I've had every surgery that I had, I had major complications. I mean, look what I'm going through now. I mean, there is nothing... Ever since we've seen that, we have had the worst luck ever. And I and she can vouch for this. We've had new vehicles go down. I mean, we have con- we've been struggling on different things. I mean, just and I told her I said it's a curse and not only that, but I can't get it out of my head. I can't it's it's constantly in my head. I dream about it. I wake up. It's all I think about is what I seen that day. And I, no matter what I try to do to get to get it out of my head, I can't do it. Takes a long time. And that happened to the older gentleman as well. You were saying, yes. He said he he thinks about it every day. He can't get it out of his head. He said it, he said he looked at me and said it has been a curse to me. Wow. I think the other, the other curse too is that it ruins the outdoors for a lot of people. They don't want to hunt or fish or camp or hike. It just that's another big curse of seeing one or having like a real scary. Maybe not see it, but have a real crazy encounter. It could be nothing else but a squatch. I don't know, guys. I, I, don't, I just I, my mind is boggled. I would like. Well, I'm hoping you guys can come down here too. Yeah, we love we love West Virginia. 
Yeah, West Virginia is uh, probably my favorite eastern state for bigfooting. It's just so wild and so thick and jungly and whatnot. It is amazing. There's a lot of good eastern states, but West Virginia is definitely at the top of the list. Yeah, and I, these people around here would, you I mean these? Everybody we talk to that watches any Bigfoot shows and Sheena can vouch for it is finding Bigfoot. That is the only one they'll watch. And I'm telling you now, with the stories that I put out, the picture and everything and how well-known my story is, if you guys come down here and do a Finding Bigfoot episode, if you did the town hall meeting, you would have to get the convention center. And that's no lie. That is no lie, is it, Sheena? Yeah. There is so many people that I've made a believer out of it. I can just show them the picture and they're in awe. Well, we'll see what we can do about that. We try to avoid that situation now because we get stuck there for eight hours. These Later episodes, we'd uh, kind of, you know, have invite people with stories that are kind of vetted ahead of time. So you don't get, cause you do those open ones. You just get some nut jobs that get up there and talk for like 40 minutes and won't shut up. And then like, they're talking like, you know, crazy stuff. Right. There's only a couple stories that I've heard around here. That's legit. Like the black gentleman that talked about that one that stood up behind the dumpster, the reaction that he gave is not something that is made up, you know? And like, the old gentleman that gave me the story, what he's seen with the blonde hair under his eyes. I mean, he went into detail about it, swatting something out of its face when it was looking at him. You know, this little details is what I pay attention to. And like you said, I, I have heard some nut jobs. Me and Sheena both have been standing in line and tell us a story and we're like, whatever. You're crazy. <laughs> but you know what? You can't write them all off because some of those nut jobs you find out later, people always think we're nuts. Like I thought everyone that told me the dog man story was just, tripping out and they just saw a Bigfoot, you know, but now I just like, yeah, you, you know, Tommy, you're nuts or you, you misunderstood, you misidentified what you saw. You saw a Bigfoot. And then now I'm like, you gotta be careful who I call nuts. Cause I've been called nuts a time or two myself. By some of the best. <laughs> yeah. Cause remember, remember, remember how you were towards people, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, everybody in the Bigfoot community knows that, you know, they call me an aper, which is inappropriate, I, I think, because it's not, it's, it's, it's just not accurate is what it is. They just don't know what they're talking about. Um, they, they should call me a homininer, if anything. But uh, um, people kind of put you in the categories and don't give you a chance, you know. So, uh, but even then, even, even the one 100% flesh and blood and all this other stuff. Weird stuff crosses my plate and uh, makes me go, hmm, that's kind of cool. Like, like you with the orbs, for example. You have, a, you have this uh, video of orbs. I don't think that's necessarily Bigfoot related, but I do take those reports and I file them away. And if there's a pattern that can develop eventually, yeah, maybe. Maybe there is something going on. I don't think so at this point, but maybe there is. Who knows? Um, so don't be too quick to be dismissive. And besides that, it's a lot of times they're just good stories and you can go home and like, this guy told me this. Can you believe it? Um, I, I had a guy in the shop, for example, he claimed to have been researching Sasquatches for 38 years, I think. And he was in the shop, uh, just a couple weeks ago and he's a very, very nice guy. And I'm not saying this to make fun of him or anything. Um, although some people might interpret it as that I'm not trying to make fun of this gentleman. I'm just telling you what he told me. He says, Oh, I saw a Bigfoot up by the zigzag river back in the day and back in 1970 something or other, if I remember right, 72 or 78 or something. And he said that he saw this thing walking he went outside on the porch of the cabin and this thing was walking by the cabin and it covered a lot of ground really fast. And I'm thinking, Oh yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like everything's lining up with everything else I've heard. He goes, yeah. And then I, I walked off the porch and fell on my butt. And then when I hit the ground, 
I knew I had been transported back in time 200,000 years because the numbers 200,000 appeared in my mind. And then the Bigfoots in the woods started speaking to him in his brain. And I'm thinking, whoa, this story took a twist, huh? Um, but I'm not going to call the guy a liar because uh, why would I? That's disrespectful and he has his experience and whatever. Um, but I listened respectfully and just kind of said, all right, well, that's one for the books. And I kind of recorded it as I do. And do I think it's a real Bigfoot sighting? Maybe he did see one. I, I don't know what to do with that story because there's no category for time traveling Bigfoot tele, tele, telepathy. But um, if there were, I'd know where to put it. And, you know, and and I know lots of researchers that'd be very, very interested in that sort of thing. Um, I'm not one of them, but uh, nonetheless, it, it, I, I enjoy the stories, I guess, is the moral of my soapbox right here is that I enjoy the stories, even if they're weird and wacky and most people would write it off immediately. Um, but that's just part of the game. You know, and now that you've been indoctrinated, I guess, baptized into uh, being a Bigfooter um, to some level, you know, uh, people are reporting your stories to it. It just comes with the territory and, it, and you can either get all pissy about it and dismiss it all. Or you can say, huh, I'll be darned. That's not what I experienced, but I'll be darned. You know, and just kind of take it as it comes and enjoy it as best you can, I suppose. I don't know. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, Billy, you're a hunter, so you're good at judging distance and size. What would you estimate just... Rough guesstimate for height and weight of what you saw. I had a guy that worked with me just recently, did a job. He's six foot. Well, Lee's about six one, ain't he? Six foot, six one. Um, I had him go stand. I stood at the where the blind was. I had him go down and stand right about the area where Bigfoot was. And he held his hands over top of his head. And the Bigfoot was still way bigger, wasn't it? So I'm guessing, me and Sheena guessed probably between eight and a half to nine foot tall because even with him standing with his arms straight up, it still had another foot over top of his head or over top of his hands. And guesstimation on weight would probably be seven, 800 pounds, maybe, maybe a little bigger than that, to be honest, because you got to think Sheena killed a bear that dressed out 550 pounds and this, and that's 550 pound black bear, which is a big black bear. This thing was twice if not three times bigger than it yeah people underestimate the weight all the time i mean yeah because like what a, a 550 pound black bear is six foot six six something like that and people don't understand every every six inches you add on to height the amount of volume that adds is just incredible it's just exponential right and when it turned around and walked off and me and sheena both agreed it's from shoulder to shoulder i bet its back was as wide as the tailgate of a truck yeah, it was just and the forearm, the way it walked, I wish I could show you when it was looking at us, it was standing erect straight up. But when it turned to walk off, it went to a slumped crouch. It was a weird almost the way I explain it, it was almost like it could go to all fours if it needed to to run like a like a gorilla. The forearm of it was not much smaller than its quads. I mean, this thing was big. I couldn't get over the size, the width of its shoulders, from shoulder to shoulder, how wide it was. But I didn't, everybody asked me if I smelled any, I didn't smell nothing. I didn't have anything like that as far as, but you got to think he was probably 40 yards from me and he was downwind from me. So I wouldn't have smelled him anyways, but I didn't have no scent. But he wanted you to know he was there, right? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I think where we would go up there, that's all I said. I think we we tricked him. We we got him by chance because we throw the food out and we're gone no later than four thirty. My son even knows it. He knows to get up there, throw the food out, and get off the hill. Well, I took that picture at four twenty nine. So that means he had been up there regular because up until this point, like I said, food was disappearing fast. I think he was already there watching us, which is probably the creepiest thing of this whole story is because we didn't hear him walk up. I think he was behind those trees and he thought we walked off and we we literally walked from there to get in the ground blind, which ain't 10 yards from where we threw the food out. And I think we tricked him. He stepped out. And Sheena said when he stepped out, he stopped when he looked our way. I don't think he wanted us to know he was there. I think we tricked him. Well, you know, it's it's the end of summer, or it's, we're coming close to the end of summer right now. Um, so deer hunting season, or at least the fall, is right around the corner. Do you have any plans to start going back and uh, work this area again, not only for um, what you're hunting, but what also, you know, you might be able to see? Yes, 100%. Matter of fact, me and Sheena went and bought a 40-foot RV so we can travel. We're going to prove it. These guys got a picture and a cast in their backyard. They bought a 40-foot motorhome to go look for them. Yeah. Well, you know, put your money where your mouth is, right? Right. I'm going to tell you why we did. It's because the motorhome we bought has an outside stereo system, so we can play the vocalization. But uh, the gentleman that come up here and brought that old man gave us access to over 1,600 acres right down the road here. And I can, he said, you get that RV anywhere on that property. Excellent. So we're planning on going out, getting the thermals. We got uh, cameras ordered for all the way around this that are 5G accessible, and it runs off satellite. So, and we got a satellite on here. So we're hoping, and they move. So if something comes within, I think it's like a uh, hundred and some feet, they kick on, and it's got like three or four different settings for night vision, and they move. So if something walk by it, they will actually move and record. Nice. We got one for the front, two for the sides, and one for the rear. Bobs, we got to go to West Virginia. Uh, dude, I, I'm telling you. Yes, and we can pull this thing out there, and you got we can all stay right here. We ain't got to leave. Showers in here, everything. Well, man, now that we got a bubble uh, hotel room on wheels with this outdoor stereo and showers and all that, we're definitely going to make it out there. There's a lot of stuff out here to see. Well, we'll try to make it a point. You know, for anywhere near the neighborhood, man, we'll just drop on by because uh, this is a weird year. We're not doing a lot of conferences or anything like that. You know, with the COVID thing going on, but. Um, you know, a normal year, who knows, maybe there's going to be something in West Virginia. We can swing on by and spend a couple of days with you. That'd be awesome. Well, Billy, man, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us about the sighting and the footprint cast and all the other events. And, and of course, Sheena, I want to thank you very much for coming on and sharing uh, your reports with us as well. I'm glad your husband finally got his head straight about this whole Bigfoot thing. That sounds to me like he owes you a dinner or a couple dinners. He didn't get his head straight. He pulled it out of his ass. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks billy thanks sheena you guys are great we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and your picture and track and all that absolutely well bobs thanks a lot man for bringing on another great witness with a compelling story oh yeah it was my pleasure that was a good one i've had a good time going back and forth with these guys over the last several months they're great people yeah he's a good guy i've had a pleasure of talking on the phone a couple times we changed texts back and forth he's a good good solid dude yep so to all the Squatcheteers out there listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, hit like, share, tell your friends and family about us. And don't forget, you can look super cool, get your Bigfoot Beyond t-shirts with Cliff and Bobo 
They're a beautiful orange. You can get them at BigfootBeyondPodcast.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in and keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 